with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women, defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you, like, how to take down the other fan holes should we, like, go crazy. How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like, ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us, because we don't explain it. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts for tonight, and I am joined tonight by three, count them, one, two, three, uh, 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 of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. And the evil Michael is here too. This is Justin, batteries not included. This is Tony, and I want to buy stuff now. Yeah, so if you haven't figured it out, we, we did have a grand old time recording a Transformers Tuesdays episode that Mike put together for us where we looked at old school Transformers commercials throughout the years. And most of those were, with some exceptions, toy commercials. And so what we decided that we wanted to do tonight, just for random to vary it up a little bit, is we're going to look at toy commercials that were somewhat of importance to us uh, or that, you know, featured lines that we appreciated when we were kids and stuff like that. And so basically the game plan here is we're all sitting together on Watch Together and we're each going to watch a selection of commercials that each of us fan holes has brought for tonight, one by one. And then after we watch the commercial, we're going to let everybody know, of course, what the commercial was and who brought it to the show. And then, you know, of course, we'll get into the nitty gritty on, you know, what our thoughts are on the whole shebang. So I guess without further ado, I will put in the first commercial. Hold on to your helmets, man! All right, so that was our first commercial. It was for the 1980s toy line Air Raiders. And, of course, Tony, why don't you tell us why you brought this to the show? I was about to say that has to be a Tony pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally was. Air Raiders, I think, is a much maligned and leftover that doesn't get a lot of attention. The comic from Star Comics was... Was, was pretty bad it was it was a tie-in it didn't do what it's supposed to do a lot of people love visionaries i loved air raiders because it was back in the day it was small scale figures and they didn't have like a lot of paint apps and a lot of detail but they were kind of cool but you can make you could have these giant bases and vehicles 
And a lot of the vehicles were really cool. Now, on the downside, some of the like air pump action stuff was kind of lame. And, you know, the whole idea is like, we're on a world without air. How the hell does that fucking work? But, um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, just as far as toys and stuff, it, it was fun. And also, every once in a while, I'll still get that like little jingle in my head. Air Raiders, power is in the air. It just, it does stick with you. And I, I feel bad that this line didn't have a, a longer shelf life. At the same time, like this, yeah, this is the early 90s. It was a, it was a heyday. It was like hard to get anything in there. Yeah. I kind of felt like the Air Raiders jingle could have easily found its way onto like Gem and the Holograms as like a, a top hit in their their repertoire <laughs> or something like that, or or maybe like some rival band that was like trying to encroach on on the Holograms or something. They're they're you know top of the pop chart or something like that. We're fluffy cloud bitches. Here's Air Raiders, ready go. <laughs> The the animation is always always great on these. Like you're almost kind of surprised. Like I'm I'm right, right? They never they never had an Air Raiders cartoon or anything, did they? No, Visionaries did get a cartoon. Yeah, I think yeah. it was not even a season, but it was a cartoon. Air Raiders didn't get shit, but I believe, as far as I know, this was probably done by Sunbow. But just like Transformers the movie, it was like kind of given to like their really like the GI Joe like comic commercials. It was given to like their A team, and it it does look really good. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I I always remember the talk of the playground was always like, "What's up with those commercials?" Because like I think if if I recall correctly, when they showed commercials for Visionaries, they would herald it as like from the creators of Transformers, and like when Aerators commercials would come on, they'd be like from the creators of GI Joe. And I always yeah. used to be confused because I was kind of like, "But Visionaries are pretty much like." G.I. Joe's, right? I mean, they had the same kind of articulation and the, the screw-in, you know, rubber. Yeah, yeah. And Raiders was like, more like Transformers because it was all about the vehicles, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was always kind of baffled by, by the way they had their sales pitch and everything. And ironically, I guess I, I did buy Visionaries. I, I can't say that I ever owned any Aerators, to be perfectly honest. What about, what about Mike and Justin? Like, did you guys ever own any Aerators? Nope. Nada. Okay. I mean, it, I knew of them, but yeah. Other it, than it, like, I mean, it's not a popular toy line. I mean, it is not. It is not. <laughs> other than Tony talking about them, yeah, I've never. <laughs> yeah, for, I'm not really familiar with them at all. Tony, did you did you own a lot of aerators? Did you just own a few? Did you did you buy the Star Comics? Like, what what was your whole deal with with aerators? Again, I like I like kind of the idea of the world because it was really sci-fi. It was like Dune, but kind of stupid. You know, it was like we have to get the spice, and this was like, we have to get the air. And I'm like, that's that's stupid. But, um, it's just like Dune, only stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but the vehicles were really cool. I had a couple of them actually. I had the Hawkwind, which was a badass jet. It like looked like Cyclonus's wet dream. It like is a four-winged jet, and it was just really cool. I had a couple of the smaller vehicles. I wanted to buy more. But at the time, I was a kid, and I had allowance, and even though I liked Air Raiders, I couldn't really, you know, show my appreciation with my wallet because Transformers were still coming out, and so was G.I. Joe, and I was much more into those toy lines. You know, in retrospect, I wish I could have, like, thrown some more cash at Air Raiders because it was a fun idea. It was a really cool, like, sci-fi look. They had, like, a, a distinct look about them, and, and a lot of people say that about Visionaries because – even though people remember Visionaries like very well, and they're like, "Oh, that was like so much better." That was like so. It lasted one season too, guys. It had one series of toys. It failed too. It flopped too. 
So, you know, no, you know. Trying to slam all the hardcore visionary fans out there. Yeah, Danja. Like, you know, whatever, man. I was like, that, that, cartoon, that cartoon had pretty quality animation. I'll, I'll give it that. Like, it was, it was, it, it may have only had like 12 or 13 episodes, but it was pretty rock solid. Like, you, you knew Toei or whoever, you know, whoever the TMS, whoever the, like you said, the A list studio definitely worked on that first season of visionaries because they all looked really good yeah i think that's where air raiders failed i think they had a really great toy line in vision would like the it, it was actually one of the first troop builder lines it had like a lot of like packs where you could buy like five of the little dudes and put them all over the bases i think where it failed is again and i hate to say this because i do like the line of toys the concept was stupid and they couldn't make a show about it because they're like, all right, Larry, what are we going to do? These guys fly for air on a world without air. It's like, how do they fucking breathe? You know, it's like if they take off their helmet, they're going to die. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's like they couldn't separate the gimmick of the toy from the storyline of the toy, I guess, you know, because it's like yeah. oh, the, the toy itself was like based on air, right? Like you, you squeeze the trigger and the the missiles flew out or some shit, right? Like, that that's basically what it did. But then, like, these guys are going around scavenging for air on a planet that doesn't have any? Like, that that does sound kind of nebulous and ridiculous when you when you put it on paper, you know? They should have gone just the exact opposite route. They should have been like, there's so much fucking air on this planet, put it into tanks, and we can make our fucking cars work. Mm. Look at this shit. You know, it's like electric Priuses, but, like, it's with air, man. No, it, it would have been better than, like, not having any air at all. Like, like the comic is, is really stupid. Anybody who likes really, like, fucking stupid comics should read Air Raiders number one. I don't even know if they got to number two. Again, though, it's like, the 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 mythos is very dodgy. I don't like the mythos, but the commercial is fun. The toys are really nicely made. They're really fun. They're they're a great toy line. But at the end of the day, is like what killed this line was it was a stupid concept put onto nice toys, and that that has happened before. So you know, I like the commercial. I stand by the my my pick. Air Raiders. There's a reason why people don't remember it. I think I always like confused Air Raiders with Sky Commanders because they were like kind of similar, weren't they? A little bit. You're, you're talking about like the guys with like the like big belts they could put around your room and they like ride on them and stuff. And yeah, they could like zip around like they were like mountain climbers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was actually a more slightly more popular toy. And I think it had like two series, but it also failed. But it didn't fail as bad as Air Raiders, so I, I have to give it as props on that. And they also had really small figures. It was like. For some reason, in the early 90s, late 80s, Kenner was all about, like, the really tiny figures, like Mask and, like, Sky Commandos. is like, why you got to make them so small? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's let's go on to the next selection. Batman makes the classic entrance and sends the penguin flying back to his Arctic hideout. So are you going <laughs> to are you going to give us a voice when you tell us why you brought this to the show, Mike? without warning batman appears like man it really comes off like he's like harassing the penguin or something batman returns appears yeah i guess it's it's the greatest hero of them all batman returns it's the the advertisement is for the batman returns batcave command center but it also has, like, this is something I can actually speak to with pretty good detail. I don't think I ever had the 
the command center or that particular bat cave or anything, but I definitely recognized and had Thunder Whip Batman, which was yeah. pretty much like the default. Like if you wanted a cool Kenner movie Batman, you went out and got Thunder Whip Batman. And then of course there's that cool sort of remold and recolor of the the superpowers Kenner penguin mold, but instead of having sort of the default, you know, blue and purple colors, it actually has like a, a red cummerbund and like blacks, and it, it looked really cool. I, I I remember like Penguin had his own little vehicle and all kinds of cool stuff from that line. That was that was one of those lines. I think I I bought like every single variant Batman from you know. So by the time the Batman the animated series line came out, I was like done with Batman and foolishly done because all those were like twenty zillion dollars on the aftermarket or whatever. Yeah, that, that... Can we mention mention how powerful Penguin uh, Batman is? Because he kicked Penguin so hard, he transported back to his hideout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love, like, he's like, and Batman chases Penguin away, then continues to harass him by showing up at his hideout. <laughs> but yeah, like, Derek, like, exact same deal with me. Like, that Thunder Whip Batman was, like, my default Batman for, like, years. Like, I think that... That might have been my first Batman figure ever. So that's probably that's like I didn't actually own the command center and the Wayne Manor or whatever, but my friend did. So I have played with that toy. Yeah, but mostly I was like trying to look for where's the default like Batman? Like, OK, it's in this commercial. Mike uh, or Derek, uh, whoever it is, did, did it actually have like that cool back signal in the in the first part of it? I don't think so. Oh, I, I don't remember it. Cool. Yeah, I don't remember it too well, but I, 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 I don't think that place that has yeah. a bad signal. I think that was just part of the commercial. Yeah. Oh, but, well, all I remember is like the vault where you'd put like Bruce Wayne in and then put a Batman figure behind it and then it'd like turn around and it'd be like Bruce Wayne turned into Batman. Yeah, that was that was kind of the the not quite Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne and everything. He had his little his little turtleneck like outfit <laughs> and everything like there there were a couple different versions of that depending on you know like there was the i think there was like the individual carded version that looked pretty clean and it was just a black jumpsuit with like maybe a little red it, it's weird you always wondered like dude bruce wayne why do you have a turtleneck with a little bat symbol on your like polo shirt or whatever like that's <laughs> not gonna like hide your secret identity very well is it you know but I, I think there was like another one that came with like some kind of Bruce Wayne car. I think it was like they they kept trying to remold it. It was like the custom yeah, the, the, coup. The, the, oh the yeah. Coup. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it would like flip on the inside, and you could be like Bruce Wayne. And when you flip it on the inside, is Batman, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think that it was like a purple turtleneck instead of the the jet black turtleneck. And then I think they later like used that custom coupe mold, like the car in the Superman the animated series line with like a like a Clark Kent figure or something. There, there was something similar like that where it was like, you know, I don't know, like Superman had like, you know, Play-Doh like clothes or something and you could just like rip them off or whatever. Like it was, it was something like that. You know? I, I, I will say though, like, like the, the video close, closes on a still image on YouTube and that is a big fucking place that that looks really nice. Yeah, I mean, you, I wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah, it was really it's, cool. It's interesting. I think, I think some people still use that in a lot of their displays today. Like they try to fudge it yeah. into like, you know, for like six inch figures or, or no, even if I, they still have a lot of the, you know, the sort of four and a half. I remember we also, like me and my friends, we also used to play like Ghostbusters and use that as like a haunted house, okay. like the front okay. of it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. 
Yeah, it seems like it could work easily for like a lot of things, you know, not just not just Wayne Manor. I mean, maybe you could use it as like the front of the X Mansion or, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, it's no air raiders, but, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like Wolverine's like, what's this vault? And he goes inside <laughs> and he goes, ah, and he turns into Batman. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did this happen? <laughs> he turned into Batman Returns. Justin, did, is, was this a line you were familiar with at all? Like, do you have any any tidbits to offer on, like, the Kenner Batman Returns line? Yeah, I remember saying this in, like, the, you know, the JCPenney christmas catalog and i remember asking for it didn't get it but i got the batman returns batmobile instead and i was pretty happy with that but yeah like i i did have some okay. toys from this line but you know i never did have the command center or whatever yeah that was that was a really quality batmobile if i remember yeah I, I had that as well. yeah as i said like that, that's a nice grab because yeah that was a good batmobile yeah yeah i still got it like, too it's nice. like the sides came off it and it became yeah. like the bat missile yeah yeah, yeah. cool all right so then I guess we're going to move on to the next selection. And this is, of course, just before we watch it, this is actually a Secret Brothers alert because two fan holes, which we'll reveal in a moment, both picked this selection. The greatest battle in the universe will be fought with dinosaurs. Put that in your <laughs> Easter basket, Krulos. So what? I, I I had your your voice in my head, Derek, when I rewatched this commercial. I was like, so what? Do they have like space Easter or something? Like, <laughs> I was like, man, space Easter baskets. It sounds like the Dino Riders are making dinner. That's awesome. Like celebrate the birth of space Jesus. Like what? Dino Jesus or whatever it is. Yeah, that's crazy. This is this is a great commercial. I mean, I I don't think I've actually. I don't think. Speaking for myself, I've owned any Dino Riders toys, but just just to reveal what we teased earlier, just so you guys know, both Mike and Justin selected this. Mm -hmm. we, we we did not know each other's picks before we sat down to do this, and I tried to keep all the other fan holes in suspense as we're as we're recording this episode. But this is the I think this is the first and only instance of Secret Brothers going on here where, where Justin Secret and Mike are Secret Brothers. They picked the same exact commercial on YouTube that we're watching now. And and I, I mean I remember the cartoon. I remember it had a comic book that I bought. I I do love dinosaurs a lot. I think, and half the Transformers cast <laughs> I think I think if I was I, I, I it's weird to say because I know I've collected toys throughout most of my life and even you know throughout adulthood but I, I feel like maybe if this was a toy line maybe if this had come out like five or seven years earlier I would have been all over this but I think because of the time frame maybe I just I, I enjoyed watching the cartoon and then I sort of left it at that. I agree, Derek. I'll let Mike and Justin get into this because I didn't have these toys. So my, my, you know, impressions are very brief. They look really cool and they have a really cool, like, setup. I mean, dinosaurs with fucking cyborg implants fighting each other. That's, that's really cool. The commercial is also really cool. One thing I did want to mention before you guys go into it, because since you guys picked this, is the actual dinosaurs were so well made in this Tyco line. They actually sell them without any of the bionic implants for a long time in the Smithsonian as like, yeah. you know, legit dinosaurs. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, I, I heard that before. But yeah, like I, I had a number of these toys and I, I really loved them. Like and I was, you know, as most kids are. Yeah, like the, you ever I think every like little kid goes through a dinosaur phase when they were a kid. And it's funny, like I first saw this commercial like on a VHS of Pride of the X-Men. So like, <laughs> I, like I never actually saw this during like a, a show or anything, but I had some VHS of Pride of the X-Men and this commercial was before it. And like I used to watch like like when I ever I watched Pride of the X-Men, I used to watch like this commercial, too, because I thought it looked awesome. And like I never had any of the bigger ones, but I, I had like the Taurosaurus and the Deinonychus and. I did one of the like pterosaurs, like I, I forget one of the flying ones, but I always wanted like the larger ones, like the, the Tyrannosaurus and the Diplodocus and stuff. But I, I think I don't know if they were still in stores at that time. I remember having, yeah, like Taurosaurus, like Deinonychus and one of like the flying ones. But it's such like you said, Derek, it's a great commercial. Like they it's really like dramatic and like the, the setup is really awesome. Like what what kid wouldn't want to play in like that giant like canyon and stuff set up? I, I only had three of them myself. Like I had the pterodactyl, the ankylosaurus, and I think I had the Dimetrodon. Which is funny because they like specifically point out that dinosaur in the commercial, and you know the bad guys are like, "Leave them alone, they're useless." I'm <laughs> they like, are, no, they're not. They're, they're all... hopeless. <laughs> yeah, they got they got Frank Welker doing the uh, what's his name? The, the Dr. Claw voice. That's what I call it. Yeah, bad guy. Trulos. Trulos. Two two of my good friends from school, like they had a ton of them, and like one of my friends, he had he basically had every everything from the line, including the T Rex. But he would like rarely let me play with it. Like all, all of his Dino Riders was like on one like giant shelf. <laughs> oh, he was that friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we would like get them down and play with them, but the T Rex would like always stay on the shelf. It's like for some reason he didn't want to play with it. I was like, what? What is wrong with you? You've got like like this is the Fort Max of Dino Riders, and you're not gonna like <laughs> play with it when you got like friends over. What's wrong with you? Was the T Rex like? automated like could it walk on its own accord it, it had like little wheels on its feet and it could walk yeah yeah yep cool and derek i was gonna say it's like this is how i like i i think i i told you once that like the, the i liked the torosaurus like better than the triceratops and because yeah, oh. it was i think it was it was influenced by the show because the triceratopses were bad guys in yeah. this and the torosaurus yeah. was, a good, was a good guy yeah yeah that makes yeah. sense that makes total sense the other thing i was gonna say too is with what tony mentioned with all the sort of cyber in you know implants on these dinosaurs and everything it, it also does kind of bring to mind and i know a lot of you guys probably haven't read all of this but like sort of turok dinosaur hunter or Bi the, Bionosaur, yeah. the unity crossover you know they had like the the velociraptors with the same kind of you know cybernetic implants and the enhanced intelligence and stuff like that so that's something else that this kind of reminds me of but yeah this was this was an awesome pick and it, it, it's pretty fun like the the commercial itself is is, is fun i, I want to lament tyco for one thing because like i said with about the smithsonian this was a really quality line too those toys were like super detailed and like really good looking like you could put them on a shelf now with like modern toys and be like no that fits that that yeah. totally fits very like all the dinosaurs here were very well like sculpted and detailed. Yeah, I I remember like I went to a, a convention with one of those friends of mine that I told you about, and like he 
he had since like either lost or you know sold his dino riders so when we were at this convention he was like you know what i'm gonna look for dino riders he's like i want to like buy some of those and like they like when he saw like the price for just like the loose ones like even the ones where that were like you know missing pieces he was like holy cow like i'm not gonna you know I'm not going to touch those with a ten foot pole, basically, because they like apparently they're super super expensive now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're one of those lines that's really sought after right now. It's like that 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 line that was not like super popular, but there's definitely a core like fan base. And like I seen eBay prices, I was like, because I was like, hey, you know, maybe I'll buy one of the small ones. Nope. <laughs> All right, so let's let's continue onward in our journey. The horde slime pit. The what? The I've been sly. <laughs> so the, the slime pit. The what? The slime pit. The who? The slime pit, you asshole. So yeah, this is this is the horde slime pit from Masters of the Universe from Mattel. This is my pick, and this is basically my my first introduction to slime like like buying canisters of <laughs> slime and 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 using them in toys and basically what the horde slime pit was was this contraption where it was a place that you stuck it together it was like this wall with a little mountainous like cavern underneath it and you would stick the 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 he-man action figure on the wall and then this claw this bony almost dinosaur like claw would come up and hold him in place and then this skull of presumably some kind of t-rex looking dinosaur would hover over the trapped he-man figure and in this case in the commercial it's spikor and of course wanting to recreate this commercial i think spikor was probably the first guy i slimed with the horde slime pit <laughs> and you know hordax sitting there you know cackling away or whatever and so you would you would put this basically boogerish looking ooze into <laughs> the the top of this dinosaur skull and it would pour out all over the poor bastard who who was in the slime pit and and this has nostalgic value for me for a couple of reasons like I like the playset I I had the Star Comics I think it was issue number three of Masters of the Universe that featured in the Star Comics and everything and then and then I guess just just for a final note I've probably mentioned this jokingly on the show before but but it also kind of reminds me of my mom and everything because I always remember like she's like it was one of those things where I was like can I put Grizzlor in the slime pit and she's like Grizzlor had like real fur and everything just like like I Skeletor's cat had real like kind of suede or he was, he, he was flocked yeah, yeah you know and it's like it's like you're not putting those in the slime pit you know it's like <laughs> it's like nah you know like that kind of thing so it's like you knew what you could and couldn't put in the slime pit it's like you know you couldn't put like Shira in the slime pit because she had like real hair or something <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah I, I i remember like spike or even it was funny because when that that slime became dried out it's like it, oh god yeah it's a mess it, it yeah. was like it, it it would fill into like the little crevices of spike ores like spikes and everything and so it, it it could get really messy and then the other thing i i remember being super disillusioned by whether it was 
Ghostbuster slime or or Horde slime. You would have these canisters of slime, and as a kid, you know, you thought, oh yeah, I spent money on this slime, and I'm gonna have it forever. And like, you don't yeah. realize, like, uh, you know, a month goes by, and like it evaporates because it's. You know, <laughs> just just like this green glob of like hardness, yeah. Well, even even that, like what I remember was it was still it was still decent slime if you kept it sealed up. But I mean, it would just straight up evaporate. I mean, you would have like a canister that when you bought it brand new would be you know practically full to the top. But basically, after a few months, you had like you know a uh, a half a canister or like a fourth of a canister <laughs> left because it would just it would just basically evaporate so but yeah i mean i i do recall having a lot of fun with this this playset in particular he had the horde slime pit and we used to play with it like it it's a ton of fun as long as you have slime but if you don't have slime it's not it's not very fun. We kind of quickly <laughs> found out. Yeah, it's it's a tombstone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, I did have the horde slime pit, and I did have spike or, and I did have hordak, and yeah, as a kid, this was fucking great. It was just so much fun to slime your your you know villains and stuff. And by the way, for anybody who's wondering why spike or was put in there, because he's a bad guy and hordak's a bad guy. Spike or was a skeletor bad guy, and skeletor hates hordak. So shut your fucking face. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't they didn't get along at first. Yeah, so you know, come correct when you know your He-Man mythology. Actually, I was a big He-Man fan back in the day. Uh, it was actually kind of like I would say a guilty pleasure, but like my sleeper pleasure. Like I bought GI Joe and Transformers in bulk, but I had a really big collection of He-Man because I just I just liked the whole Conan with guns thing, and it was like really fun. And the, the slime pit is a really cool playset. I mean, like Derek said, the slime does kind of lose its funness after a while it does evaporate it does go away and and it's really funny because back in the 90s like late 80s early 90s slime was like a huge selling point like ghostbusters had it tmnt had it and and he-man had it like slime was like this big like you know everybody buy some slime <laughs> it was like he-man jumped on the bandwagon and they did it really well actually the slime pit wasn't meant to torture people the slime would go over them and it would make them hordax like mindless zombies that was like the whole like gimmick in the comic which was which was kind of cool it's the new spider wars collection with cyborg spider-man and the coolest weapons around Spidey transforms into a missile-shooting machine. There's Doctor Strange and his mutant clone doppelganger Spider-Man crawling into action. And the evil Hydro-Man with super water-shooting weapons. Hey, look, Derek, a Hydro-Man with legs. <laughs> <laughs> this would be mine. Yeah, I, I, I like this commercial for because it's so 90s. This was like when Eric Larson and Todd McFarlane were like, you know... In the midst of their run, like Todd left and Eric Larson, Cyborg Spider-Man is totally a Eric Larson thing. It was like the the revenge of the Sinister Six, and this was also when the Spider-Man cartoon was going on. And it it's a really fun commercial because it has the doppelganger, and apparently they say he's like kind of a good guy in this, and I'm like, no, he's because they trap him like Hydra-Man in the doppelganger's accessory with the like, the little piranha plant. I'm like, doppelganger, and there's Doctor Strange. Hey, what's up? <laughs> It's a silly commercial, but it looks like a cool playset. You can have Spidey Web swing around, and I, I, I picked it mainly because I just like the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. And like Spider-Man Cyborg didn't really show up in that iteration of Spider-Man. Didn't they mention Deathlock? And he doesn't even show up in the like commercial. <laughs> 
It's like Deathlock and Spidey are around. It's like, where's Deathlock? I don't know. <laughs> and then Kingpin, of course, throws down his big ham hock fist and he's like, I'll trick you, Spider Man. It's just a silly, fun 90s commercial. And I, I do miss like the old Toy Biz, like, you know, not, you know, three, three, four inch, but like kind of like, you know, four inch. Maybe yeah, five inch, like, yeah, like four maybe, or four or five inch. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm blinded by nostalgia, but I feel like that doppelganger figure would still hold up, like today with Marvel Legends. Like I remember that he being a really, nice. yeah, yeah, that being a really good figure. Yeah, I, I I had some of these, but speaking specifically to this commercial, like the Spider Wars commercial, I think the only two guys I can speak to. Or maybe three, like like I I remember having the black cat when in that scene where they you know smashed through the window or whatever it is. I I had the Doctor Strange and I definitely had the Kingpin, but the other figures I don't think I had. And and I would just point out that that skyscraper or whatever that playset. I I don't know is that the Kingpin playset? I like, think so, yeah. I I know that I know that like a lot of people still use that in their dioramas and displays and it is a sort of widely sought after kind of background piece for certain collectors i had all of those except the like cyborg spider-man i think (laughs) ironically (laughs) but man like that that hydro man like his he was jacked like he was like ridiculously like brawny yeah yeah he's a big dude he's got like big fists and like even when you take off the like the add-on accessories he's like really fucking pumped he's been hitting the gym or something (laughs) I, I think between my brother and I, we had like ninety percent of the toys in this line because we were we all, we were both like really into like the cartoon, the comics, and these toys. We didn't have the playset, but I think we had I think we had everyone in that commercial except Kingpin. For for whatever reason, we never bought Kingpin. But like I specifically remember, anytime we went to the mall, like we would like run to KB Toys because. He was crazy about finding the doppelganger for whatever reason. Oh, okay. He's like, I gotta have that. He's like, I gotta have that. And he finally, he finally got it. But like, I, I remember like a lot of like Saturday or Sunday, like afternoons, we'd be like scouring KB Toys. Like, you know, we'd be like looking behind things. We like maybe someone hit it behind like these Exo Squad figures. <laughs> <When> we, <laughs> was the doppelganger one of the sort of rare figures then, since people had to go hunting for it, or? It, I don't know it. I know it was in my area, but like you know, for other people, and I know like I, I found it pretty easily. Like the the one that was okay. rare for me was the Rhino. Like I don't think I ever saw yeah. the, the first Rhino figure. Yeah, and that, that that was a line that like you know, um, a lot of people may not be you know savvy enough to realize all those Toy Biz lines that were like that that scale really did lead to Marvel Legends and. You know, say we want about like some of the Marvel Legends is like, you know, Spider-Man, X-Men and X-Force and all those like, you know, smaller toys. It did make, you know, kind of a an impact when they went for the McFarlane style of sculpting and articulation and tried up their game. So, I mean, you know, th- this is not only a classic commercial, but it's like in the heyday of like Toy Biz being like a big company. Like Toy Biz doesn't even exist anymore as far as I know. But in the 90s, they were like king, you know. Well, I mean, there's the, all the kind of the the politics and, and history of, you know, how, you know, Toy Biz was supposedly a toy company of Marvel, but then they ended up owning Marvel at some point and all this kind of craziness. So, yeah. Like, there's there's all that kind of... I, I always call it the Avia Rad saga. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's all that kind of nonsense that went on in the background too. And then, you know, eventually, you know, like like you're saying, you know, Toy Biz would go on to do Marvel Legends, but then, you know, eventually, you know, they they were doing Legendary Heroes and Hasbro got the license and, you know, after that, that I mean, I as far as I know, that was that was the end of for toy biz this i will say and mike will agree with me i'm sure like this commercial makes me nostalgic for when black cat was actually a good guy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right yep that's interesting yeah i mean I, I do remember purposely going out of my way to get the doctor strange and the black cat figure from this line because th those were the ones that i probably thought looked like you know quote unquote like classic sort of comic book heroes that I, I wanted to have or whatever, so. Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! He goes where no ordinary rabbit would dare! Look out! It's the Toad Double Bubble! Listen! I love that shout! Oh no, it's after Willy! <laughs> the Double Bubble's got gruesome quiver claws! Hang on, Willy! It's Bucky to the rescue in the Toad Croaker! Let's croak Toad! I hate that sound! <laughs> <laughs> nice! Farts nice. everywhere! <laughs> Man, the t the Toad Croaker was like the best toy like ever. Like I, the, the, I for a very brief time, I was a huge fan of Bucky O'Hare, and I, I think like that was during the time of the Ninja Turtles, where everyone was trying to cash in on anthropomorphic animals or whatever. Like I, I had a ton of Bucky O'Hare figures, and I didn't have the Double Bubble, but I did have the Toad Croaker. And it did make fart noises every time you press down on that big like thing on the bottom. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I could see I could see that and the 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 toad croaker and the 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 other one the the double bubble, it, the double bubble. I could see that being like the the thing in a Dennis Leary sketch. Don't buy the toys that make the noise. <laughs> That's the key thing. If there's a toy that has a button on it that makes noise, they're going to press that button like Bart Simpson over and over again for days at a time. Blah, 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 blah. The friends come over. Hey, cool. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, my God. So you stop buying the toys that make the noise. But then you know what happens? The in-laws buy the toys that make the noise. They drop them off at your house, and then they leave. <laughs> And you're stuck with the toys that make the noise. <laughs> Have you heard about the Darth Vader bank toy? Oh, oh, let me tell you about this toy. So don't buy this toy. Mark that down, too. <laughs> the toy is this big. It's bigger than the kids. It's Darth Vader. He's standing like this. He's got that super duper Oakland Raiders helmet on. You know what I mean? Here's the gig with the toy. The kids put money in the front of the mask. Okay. And here's what happens immediately after the coin goes in. For 15 fucking minutes! And they bring the other kids from the other houses over and they put money in, so it goes on for hours. Use the force, Luke. third day the mechanism breaks yes so now it doesn't need money to go off it just goes off randomly in the middle of the night <laughs> and in my house my kids and my wife they sleep like what not me i'm an insomniac i find myself 40 years old naked creeping to go to the bathroom in my house like this just so i don't have to hear james earl jones's fucking voice and when at the last step right before i have to go to the bathroom i was like dennis i'm on again come here and turn me off <laughs> 
laughing at a Darth Vader in the middle of the night. Isn't that right? Shut up. And so I get my kids the toad croaker, and all of a sudden, everything's a fart in the fucking house. You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I could see that being a, a funny sketch I did, thing. I did, I did... Kids going crazy with it, right? I did used to repurpose it, too, for, like, turtles. Like, the shredder would be flying around in the toad croaker <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I've got you now, turtles. Beware my fart power. <laughs> Um, actually, Bucky O'Hare is actually uh, wasn't that a continuity comic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Michael Golden, Larry Hama. I remember. I have a very specific memory of being somewhere, somewhere downtown. It must have been in Boston or like New York when I was a child, and we went into some store, and there was like some Bucky O'Hare like graphic novel, and like I bought it. And I, I read it like all like I, I was dragged <laughs> much around. more serious than the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, like I was dragged around all day and I was reading it. And then like I, I must have ended up leaving it somewhere that day because I was super upset that I didn't have it like the next day. Like I, I did like Bucky O'Hare for a, a span of months, at least. I must say what you said, uh, Mike, is true. Is it, It's a Playmates toy line. They actually was not. Yeah. They weren't copying themselves. That was like Playmates. So that's yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. Were those pretty compatible with the turtles? Like, yeah. I mean, were they yeah, they were basically the same size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. not, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like the entire crew of the righteous, righteous in, indignation. indignation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have. I actually still have one figure from that. I didn't buy it. I don't know how it appeared in my collection. What is the big monkey guy? Who's a good guy? A bruiser, the big monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have him. I don't know how. I have I, him. I think I still have Blinky, you know, the robot with the eyeball. Like, yeah. I, I think I've, he's somewhere in storage. And, like, I had, you know, Bucky and Deadeye. And I don't think if they, they made a toy of the girl. Like, that back then it was rare so. if they – yeah, it was rare if they made toys of the girl characters yeah, back then. Yeah, so, true. like, I don't think I had her. But And then I also had Willie DeWitt. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I love the commercial because it does have like a little bit of a uh, uh, self-referential humor because it's like you know like Captain Bucky O'Hare. I said Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> I think it actually got an Eisner Award for for its art and like you know the the comic because it was actually a really good comic. Yeah, yeah, the comic. I, I remember oh, treasuring yeah. that one issue, or it was like a grad. I think it was like I remember it being like sort of hardcovery, so maybe it was a graphic novel. But I remember treasuring it for the one day I owned it. I think so. <laughs> I I had Bucky and Blinky, but I for the, for whatever reason, like we didn't get the station that the cartoon came on. But like my my two friends who had Diner Riders, like they got it at their house. So like I. I would only ever get to watch the cartoon if I was at their house. But what I remember the most about this property is I remember playing the video game a lot, and it was kind of hard. The Konami one? Like what, like the arcade one, or was there a home version? There, yeah, there was an NES version. Oh, okay. Yeah, I play, I, if, yeah. if it's hard, it must be the NES you, Tony, you and <laughs> me played like the emulated version at Once Upon a Time, didn't we? The yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. yeah. It was really fun, actually. Like the yeah. emulation kind of bugged out on us. Yeah, but... didn't it? I forgot what happened, but it was, wasn't it like something, we were playing the same game, but something like totally different was happening on your screen than when, what, what was happening on my Yeah, I, I, I was like a level ahead of you for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, but it was really fun. It was like it had really good graphics. Very, it was it was pretty much like it was Konami. What Konami like actually gave a shit. Bucky O'Hare was a great arcade port. Is yeah, that's a, that's a really good beat 'em up. Yep, I said Bucky. 
I brought the real Ghostbusters, but for whatever reason, they lift out Winston. (laughs) 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 That 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 ectoplasm that brings back memories. Like I know we were talking about the horrid slime, and that that's that very same can where you'd look at it and you'd be like, "Man, this is great! I've got ectoplasm," and it's like filled all the way to the brim. And then you know, like I said, like a month later, it's like a quarter left and i went what happened to all the ectoplasm because i didn't understand (laughs) it it was kind of like a blind bag too not really but kind of because each color had a different ghost in it like yeah yeah, that's true that's true it had like a little ghost that came with it i i actually had all four of those guys like i i remember being impressed that these guys did obviously did not survive the great purge And, and 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 i was impressed it, uh, on two fronts that e- even though you know how like sometimes when toys get older it's like they get a little kind of weird feeling like i don't know how to explain it but like these did feel a little strange but once i cleaned them up like they they seemed to be they 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 held up relatively well and then you know they fetched a pretty decent price when i put them all on ebay for loose and you know because it was like you know it was the whole set pretty much like all all four of the ghostbusters and then i had i think slimer and like the eyeball ghost the one where you like pressed down on his his back and the eye popped out or whatever he was purple I don't know what his name was, but I, I had all those guys. And, probably and probably like Bug Eye Ghost or something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But it was it was fun, and, you know, I, I enjoyed the slide. Like, I, I kind of wish, like, you know, when Mattel was making their Ghostbusters line, like, I kind of wish there were six-inch versions of the cartoon guys, too. I, I was just about I, to say, like, be... what Justin said, these are the real Ghostbusters. Like, all four of them were, like, the cartoon versions, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I I would be all over that if they made like a sort of an, a, an updated version of of these guys in the six inch scale today. I was always sad that I didn't own these figures. Like some of my friends did, but like I I only got well, you'll see eventually in this show because I picked a Ghostbusters commercial too. But I was always sad like I didn't have the actual figures. You missed I, out I, because they were cool. Yeah. Well, they I think were. I got. I got like a later wave of them and it was like, I don't know, the second or third wave where they like, wasn't there a wave where like all their faces like changed to like expressions of, yeah, like of horror and stuff like those are the ones I had, I think, but I never had the originals. Yeah, I I had those too. You know, like I said on many, many episodes of this podcast, like I was a huge Ghostbusters fan as a kid and I had like, Almost everything. I think the only thing I did like the only thing I didn't have was I never had the firehouse, and there were like maybe one or two other things that I didn't have. But yeah, I was crazy about Ghostbusters. I had, you know, I had everything in this commercial, and I still have some of my like old toys. Like I, I still have my original Ecto One, my Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and my Slimer. Like they're on a shelf, like you know, enshrined in glory. And like I guess like for whatever reason, like. Stay with marshmallows, man. His fingers have been gnawed on, and I think, like, I for whatever reason, like, I gnawed on them as a kid for some reason. I don't know, but like, he his fingers look kind of like they look like a rat got a hold of it, but like, it was me. 
you, it you, was you, you. He was really, he was really marshmallow tasting. Is that is that, that what it was about? That's that's probably what it was. I don't know. Or, or maybe I was like Mr. Spock. I was like, you know, I'm attempting to replicate a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> he does look delicious. Well, he he was not. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I did always like that the yellow squiggly straws that were in the you know photon guns or whatever. Like yeah. I thought that was a good effect. Attention! You are here today to inspect the Eagle Force, the most superbly trained fighting team ever assembled. Their daring deeds immortalized in literature. An army of experts sworn to protect the weak, the innocent, the unprotected. And now the Eagle Force comes to life. Solid, die-cast metal fighting figures armed with the most sophisticated in military weaponry, ready to fight evil wherever it strikes. That's Eagle Force, not G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in case you haven't figured it out, this was a promotional video for Eagle Force commercials. I think this was something that went around to retailers and, and kind of basically it was a greatest hits of all the Eagle Force commercials that could be aired on TV. The reason why I picked this is Eagle Mountain. Like, I love that fucking thing. Oh, it looks like, cool as fuck. That, yeah. That, that, that was like the greatest thing ever. Like, you could use the bottom of it as like the entrance to the Bat Cave or whatever. I, I have these weird fond memories of like, not only using Eagle Mountain with Eagle Force with the diecast figures and everything, but for some strange reason, like, I remember having this weird play session where I had all these, like, erasers that were Strawberry Shortcake characters, and, like, <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake became, like, General Strawberry Shortcake. And she was, like, riding around in that... She was riding around in that Jeep, and, like, Lemon Meringue was, like, driving her around around the base. So, like, I, I just... I, I have all kinds of, like, funny, fun yeah, memories. Gary basically like, made Kamen Rider Gaim before Kamen Rider Gaim was a thing. <laughs> you know, and... And, my, and I love all the, the in my die head, cast I'm like, guys. In my head, I'm like, well, what was Jim like if, if Strawberry Shortcake was like a general? <laughs> like, what was Jim? <laughs> but yeah, did they these, really, these did they really pretty... name? Did they really name the black guy Lieutenant Brown? <laughs> yes, they really named the black guy Lieutenant Brown. Boom! <laughs> you can pretend that like Sergeant Judo is a karate master, but he's really not. <laughs> he, he was also he was also the demolitions expert. Thank you, to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> uh, you know like that's that's but you know it's like that th those those action figures were all i mean the bodies were all die cast so like they were even though they were like two inches tall like they were really kind of hefty weight size but then the heads were all made of rubber so i i don't know why i was always really amused with like you you could pop them off and pop the heads back on yeah they're kind of derpy easily. yeah yeah, so like that that I I remember being fascinated by and everything. And I I guess it is worth mentioning that recently there was a Kickstarter that was successful to bring back Eagle Force and they're in the scale of like GI Joe sized figures now. So, that's that's kind of cool. Do you want our gold coveralls back in action? Come on. <laughs> I I kind of do. I kind of think it's kind of neat. So, you know, but yeah, I I I loved I love this line, you know. I will. I will say, like, I, I do agree with you, Derek, because I did actually buy a couple of Eagle Force. I bought mainly the bad guys, like two or three, because I was a kid and they looked cool. And I remember like pulling them off the pegs, and I was like, "Holy shit, these guys are heavy!" I mean, they they had some heft to them. Yeah, I, I did. I I I kind of envy you because you had like the the 
the vehicles and like the Eagle Force Mountain, but I'd never had that. Those that at the Eagle Force like headquarters actually looks really cool. That's like a really nice place. That when I said you'll lose all of this in like five days, it's not like a a bad thing. It's like you get so much shit with that. Why would you not want to play with that? Yeah. 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 There was there was tons of stuff to lose, definitely, and it, it came with figures and everything. I mean, I had. I, I remember I had a lot of the, the, the hero figures, and then I, I think I had the, I, I remember having some of the bad guys, like I remember having the ninja guy and and some of the others, but not, I, I don't think I had every single figure, but but I had a good number of them, and I know I had the Jeep, because I, I literally remember Strawberry Shortcake and Lemon Meringue driving around in that Jeep, so. You can pretend was, that Jeep was, hits a wall and goes backwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it was it was a lot of fun. The Sega Genesis has blast processing. Super Nintendo doesn't. So what's blast processing do? Oh uh, yeah, this was mine. It was a Genesis commercial. Michael Jackson is dead. He also he probably touched some boys. Uh, Pat Riley was involved in scandal. <laughs> Buster Douglas was probably the worst heavyweight champion of all time. And Joe Montana, he retired. So that's that's okay. He had probably the best, you know. <laughs> But did, yes, any those, did any of those guys awesome. have blast processing? <laughs> I only have that when I'm on the toilet. <laughs> A blast processing this burrito. <laughs> uh, people have to understand, though, Super Nintendo, I love. I love it to death. But Genesis came out first, and I was a Genesis kid for a long time. They totally suckered in us young little stupid people. Like, oh, it's faster Nintendo. Look at Sonic. And it was like 20 years later, like, Sonic's not that great of a game. Sega now is owned by Nintendo. So that went well for them. <laughs> um, speak, speak for yourself, sir. Like, I was never suckered in by Sega. I feel like this is where Tony, Kevin Smith, and I part ways. Because, like... <laughs> I I I was never a, a a Sega Genesis kid really. Yeah. Like I I was always I guess I I don't know if I was you know mentally manipulated by all the hype, but I mean I my video game track was Atari, and then I went to Nintendo and Super Nintendo and the N sixty four, and it wasn't even until I was in college that I started like going oh maybe I should try this PlayStation thing or you know, the, these other game systems, this Dreamcast thing, you know, like that, it wasn't even until way later. Genesis, like, did have a really good resume against the Nintendo, but when the Super Nintendo came out, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to be that guy who's like, yeah, whatever, Super Nintendo sucks. When I played, like, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time. Love Chrono Trigger. Pretty much kicked, like, Sega right in the dick, and I'm just like, but at the time, I had a Genesis, and I played Altered Beast. I played all these games, and they are good games. Genesis is not a bad system. Not the greatest, not as good as Super Nintendo. And these commercials like remind me of that, that moment where I was like, I got a Genesis. Look what I could do. I got, yeah. I got Genesis? Yeah. I got I, I was happy with the system. It made me, it, it, it's nostalgia. I know it's not a great system now, but at the time I, I really enjoyed it. And these commercials were like, you have to give credit in this day and age, like with PlayStation, Xbox, like kind of like, you know, pounding Nintendo back in the day, Nintendo and Sega were kind of neck and neck for a long time. It's not like today where every time a new 
video format comes out or a new TV format comes out, they can make some buzzword for it, and then, you know, it's like, oh, this is HD TV. Oh, this is Ultra 4K TV, you know, and all this other crap, and people lap it up and get into it, whereas I think maybe back then it was kind of like Nintendo was the brand name, and, and Sega was trying to do what most companies do now, going like, but ours is better, like, we're 16-bit graphics, but I don't think your average Joe knew what the difference between 8-bit and 16-bit graphics were. Or yeah, 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 but fuck, people, you know? people understand, like, back then, there really wasn't the internet, you know? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they really, you know, people really gave a shit, you know? Like, it was, it was like, you either liked Sonic or you liked Mario, right? I mean, and, and if yeah. you liked Mario, who gives a shit if he's 8-bits less? You know, that's what you liked, right? So, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I will say, I, I will say this for Sega. Still making fucking Sonic games, so <laughs> for there better you go, or bitches. worse, they they suck, but they're still making them. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say, you guys know that, like I I've told you guys is that like my my parents would not let me have like a video game system like as a kid, so I was desperately starved for anyone who had any kind of video game system. So it didn't matter if it was a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, or a Genesis. Like if you had it, like I wanted to play it, like. Like I had to go get my fix elsewhere. Well, it's it's certainly like one of the probably one of the, like the most memorable commercials of like the '90s. But like, you know, I, I've been giving you grief about you know Genesis, but like honestly, like when I when I was growing up, like I didn't know anyone who owned one. Like I owned a Nintendo. All my friends had Nintendo, and like I don't think I really sat down and played one until I was in high school. Like I remember. Coming home from school, my brother was like, hey, check this out. Like, I bought this from a kid at school, and it was a Genesis. And I was like, really? You bought this off of somebody? So, like, <laughs> we sat down, and we played, like, Sonic and a couple other games, like Toad Jam and Earl. And I think, like, there was a really good – wasn't there, like, a really good, like, Aladdin game, like, based on the Disney movie? Actually, the Aladdin game on Genesis is actually superior to the Nintendo version, actually, yeah. I Like, I remember playing that a lot because like you know I, i'm a big disney fan but like I, I just remember like like i would be in my brother's room playing his genesis and he's like you know, he's like get out of here i got like homework to do or something i'm like but i'm almost <laughs> done with this level we got you now shredhead the turtles have shredder pinned down and are rolling their pizza thrower into position i'll blast you with retro mutagen but before he can act, the pizza thrower's adjustable aim and motorized firing action give Shredder and his henchmen their jot desserts. Those plastic pizza discs were awesome, because not yes. only could they be shot out of the pizza thrower, but when you wanted your turtles to have, like, pizza, you just put it on, like, the table and had them all sit around it. You could also use the pizza thrower to, like, terrorize your little brother or your pet cat, which yeah. I did both. It, it it shot very far. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I, I I like I almost feel like the the pizza throwing in this commercial was like slowed down or something. Like <laughs> we killed three crew members in this commercial. <laughs> uh, this is one of the vehicles that I can remember like fondly having and having a lot of fun with. And I never questioned why the turtles would make such a abominable <laughs> device <laughs> I, I was gonna say is this like very much a toy addict thing is like this is a toy this is not gonna be the show we are making a pizza thrower <laughs> oh when the shredder's gonna blast you with retro mutagen i mean you gotta <laughs> you gotta shoot back you gotta come right yeah the turtles shot first so did you actually have this mic did you buy it yeah i had this 
Well, I didn't buy it, but someone did for me. <laughs> well, no, I, I was just wondering because I, as far as I know, this was actually kind of an expensive piece at the time. Yeah. Well, I think there's a there's a picture of me and my cousins on Facebook like that where I'm like six or seven years old. And you can clearly see this toy like on the coffee table next to us. So like <laughs> I, I have actual like, you know, physical proof that I had it. I feel like the pizza thrower is after my my heavy interest in the Playmates Turtle line. But then I, I feel like even when I had heavy interest in the Playmates Turtle line, I don't think I ever really focused too much on the vehicles. Like, I remember having, like, a, one of the skateboards, like some kind of turtle skateboard thing where there was, like, uh, a foot cheap underneath skate. The cheapskate. Yeah, yes. the cheapskate. There was a foot underneath and, like, would boot like foot soldiers in the ass or something like that and like i i remember that but mostly i think i stuck to the the figures more than the vehicles like i didn't have the blimp or anything like that so so and i think this is probably the first time i've heard of the pizza thrower to be perfectly honest yeah it, it, it's kind of like controversial because it, it got to the point where they were just like Oh my god! Because like according to like the the uh, commercial, it bakes pizzas inside of it and then throws them out as hot pizza, which actually would kind of fucking hurt. <laughs> you you start to wonder though if it's like one of those weird like wimpy jughead things where like Michelangelo just sits in front of the pizza thrower with his mouth open like waiting for pizzas to fly into his mouth or something. <laughs> I love pepperoni. <laughs> I don't I don't actually remember if they ever used this on the cartoon, but Well, I feel like there's ten there's ten seasons worth of cartoons. Yeah, it, it could be, yeah. I, I had nostalgia when I first bought Transmetal Depth Charge, because he's got like the pizza thrower in his chest. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think what's cool is like this is so memorable that it was something that was actually updated for the uh two K series. Like it was kind of a it was more like I think it had like tank treads was like the major difference, but it also shot pizzas. <laughs> it was like the hardcore pizza throw. <laughs> Grimy gritty pizza. Star Trek, the next generation, new action accessories from Playmates. So I had everything in this commercial, like much like Ghostbusters, being a huge, huge Star Trek fan. Like I had nearly everything in the Playmates Star Trek toy line, like. Uh, you know, in this commercial, we see the shuttlecraft, we see Data, we see the Romulan Warbird, and we see the Enterprise D. I had all of them. The Enterprise D, like I specifically remember, like I, I think it was like early spring or something, and I remember seeing it in the store, and I was like, "Whoa, awesome!" And I, like I asked for it, and of course, you know, I think I was told like it's not even close to your birthday or Christmas. You'll have to buy it yourself. And I remember like kind of like trying to like sneak it through like the checkout line. And mom was like, hey, wait a minute. We think you're doing <laughs> that's forty dollars. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I remember like saving my like allowance and you know money I got from like working on the farm or whatever. And like I, I eventually did buy it myself and I played with it a lot. One of the things that's interesting about this commercial is though these are toys and they know like who the audience is because this isn't like a totally in your face extreme commercial. Like the announcer is basically narrating to you what's happening and it's full of like kind of like star trek jargon and techno babble you know it's like <laughs> enterprise breaks orbit and fires its phasers and the romulan like decloaks and blah 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 it's like 
you know, they, they know to like not do like that wacky, like, you know, you like string for Star Trek because I totally Data's inside the shuttle and he's putting on his safety belt. Whoa. <laughs> you know, it's not Dave, a good thing. Dave just fucked like, you know, fucking Tasha Yar. What's he going to do now? Riker must have been in charge of the Enterprise for that, because that was far too exciting for Picard to have ordered. <laughs> it's like, unleash the diplomacy do- torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> Pew! How are you doing? Pew! How's everything going? <laughs> it's like um, the Enterprise, like, swings into action, and then immediately, like, <laughs> stops it dead and tries to talk with its enemy. <laughs> When I was a kid, like, I never had, like, a tape recorder, like, you know, for, like, recording, like, home movies or anything. But what I did is I had, like, a cassette player, and I would, like, I would basically make my own, like, audio adventures. And I made, like, a ton of, like, Star Trek ones, and I used sound effects from the different toys, like the Enterprise, the Romulan, or, like, you know, the the handheld tricorder or the phaser. Like, I had all that stuff, and, like, I would basically, I would, like, write the story in my head, and I'd be, like, you know... I would play all the parts and change all my voices, you know, you know, whenever I was like, I'd be like, oh, Worf, look out, it's, you know, Romulan's over that hill, and then I would like, you know, use the phaser sound effect, and then, you know, I, like, after I would like, edited it and everything, like, I would like, give the tape to like, my cousin or someone, and he'd be like, oh, that was kind of cool. Basically, Justin was doing podcasts in like, 1980, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I did podcasting before it was a thing. I, I, I may make Justin feel bad right now. Do you still have any of your Playmates toys? Yeah, I still have the Shuttlecraft. I don't think I have any of the ships. I think I, like, you know, sold those, like, when I was, like, you know, broke and needing money. But, like, all the action figures, I still have. Like, I have a ton of those. Like, when I started doing Deep Space Nine and Voyager, like, that's that's kind of like, you know, like, Derek got burnt out with, like, Batman mm. stuff. Like, I kind of got burnt out. Even though, like, I was still a huge fan, I was like, oh, man, like... Like I ran out of was was releasing a lot of shit at that time, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think I had very many Deep Space Nine figures. I didn't have anything from Voyager. I mean, you know, Voyager. You know, we've talked about Voyager before, but like, like I wanted the Voyager ship, but it's it's like something like I never had. But yeah, like I still have all my Playmates toys in a box with all their accessories too. I still have all their accessories, and like some of those, like some of them, some of them come with like very like little tiny pieces that are easy to like lose like I, I still got all that stuff but they're all they're all monocolored so of course you know where they come from and who they go to exactly some of them i do know because like i i specifically remember like ambassador spock had purple colored accessories so like i could pick that out but then like some of the other stuff i'd be like well is this does this go to scotty or jordy because like they would come with like similar accessories. I I have I have weird memories about this line. Like the the one thing I remember was when it was first announced, and it was announced that like because before I was kind of used to the Galoob line, like where it was the three and three fourths Star Trek figures that were kind of like you know Star Wars sized Kenner figures and everything, and so I was kind of used to that line. And then I had 
heard, like, they, they said Playmates is doing Star Trek The Next Generation. They got the license. So, like, in my head, I pictured, like, Captain Picard, but he looked like a Ninja Turtle, like, kind of with <laughs> the bow-legged looking thing. And I thought, weird, so Playmates is going to make, like, a Star Trek line? I wonder if Picard's going to look all goofy like that. Like, I, I guess kind of like, <laughs> maybe maybe the way, like, I don't know if you guys remember the Dick Tracy line that Playmates had, too, where they, they kind of looked a little cartoony cartoony scratched up yeah, like, yeah. No, no, I, number one i appear to have come down with a case of the rickets <laughs> yes like that's that's kind of what was going through my why head are my, why are my fists down to my knees <laughs> and and what ended up coming out wasn't quite that but i i feel like it for that line it was interesting because i didn't really get into it on the ground floor but I sort of got into it as like a, a strict collector. Like, like I remember later on, I ended up trying to get all these figures, like especially when Deep Space Nine, I was really getting into it. And it was like, I think I got like all the, the first set of the purple card backs of Deep Space Nine. To be perfectly honest, I barely opened up any of the toys. Like I would just kind of hang them on my wall and like, you know, have them all in a row and stuff like that. And of course, th those did not survive the Great Purge, but I, I had a good chunk of them, like probably not as many as Justin had of the next generation, but like probably maybe, you know, all the stuff with the original series, like where they did the figures from like the cage and, you know, Wrath of Khan and like Generations and First Contact and you know, Vo even Voyager, I had, like, all the first, there were, like, 16 of them, like, I had all the Voyager ones, so, like, I, I, I sort of went hog hog crazy <laughs> towards the end there. there. There were several things I chased for a long time and never, ever found, or if I did find it was, like, at a convention, it was and it was super expensive, like, I remember looking for the laser pistol, like, the, you know, the, the weapon you see in the cage. Oh, okay. Like, it's not yeah. a phaser. It was called a laser. I remember chasing that thing for years, and I remember seeing it maybe 10 years ago at a convention, and it was super expensive, and, like, you know, I passed on it. The other thing I chased, and, of course, you guys will laugh at this, is I remember chasing the Dick Tracy-esque Star Trek The Motion Picture Communicator because they made one, and I was like, oh, man, that thing is awesome because, like, I always thought that was, like, more handy. To have yes. like something on your wrist and they just flip something out or whatever, you know, uh, uh, you know, of course, before like the TNG communicator, you could just like tap it on your chest. But like, I remember thinking like, whoa, they made a toy of that. That's awesome. I got to have that. And I never found it. In my Playmates collection that I'm not going to touch ever, I have uh, TOS Enterprise, the ship model, which he's probably OK with. I have the Romulan Bird of Prey from the TOS line, which he's not going to really give a shit about. I have the Romulan Warbird from uh, Next Generation, which he might be a little bit annoyed about. I have the Enterprise D, which he said he's okay with. I have a Bajoran Tricorder from DS9, which is actually really rare. Mm, yeah. Justin, don't hate me, because it's one of the most expensive ones I've seen on eBay. I have the Enterprise B from Generations. Oh, man, like that, you want to talk about like, you know, like White Whales? Like, that's another one, like... That's that's like a whole nother like Fort Max story because like I remember like seeing the Enterprise B in a store and of course again, you know, it's like it wasn't even near Christmas and my birthday. I wanted it 
didn't get it, saved up, went back to the store, it was gone. Like that was that was like a really at the time it was rare and hard to find. I only ever saw it in a, like a Walmart or you know Kmart or whatever. I only ever saw it in store like two maybe three times. Never yeah. ever saw it again. And then throughout the years I've chased this thing. I came close once at a flea market to buying it. It was loose, complete, really good condition. The electronics still worked. The guy wanted like $65 or something. And like, I mean, I had the money at the time and I was like, mm, if it had the box, I would totally do it. And then I think he was like, okay, I'll, he, I think he went down to like 60 or something. But I was, If it has mine, is loose. It does <clears> have to stand, but it's loose. So. I think he, he eventually went down to 60, but still I was like, eh. and as soon as I like left, I was like kicking myself. I was like, I should have bought it because I'm never ever gonna see one again. But you know, like a good like little little side note is that Art Asylum, you know, they have like a really nice line of figures. They also have like I have the you know Archer's Enterprise. I have like the movie. I, I must say they, they did like the Enterprise, yeah. Yeah, and they also made two versions of the Enterprise B. There's a they did uh, did uh, oh they did Enterprise B. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, they they did like the regular and the battle damage and like I. It's just it's one of those things that's like on my list. I'm like, okay, I'm never gonna get the Playmates version. I'll just get the like, you know, Art Asylum Dynamite or not Dynamite, the Art Asylum Diamond Select version. And I just I just keep putting it off. But yeah, like that's that's something I've chased for like a long time. Don't feel bad, Justin. It's just Captain Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Enterprise. So. <laughs> What we, we, we don't we, need to stress about it. We, should, we, 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 we have to rescue people. Yeah, we have to. Uh, okay. <laughs> Tractor beam doesn't arrive till Tuesday. <laughs> while you were we have debating, Sulu's hot daughter here. <laughs> while you were debating buying it, like Shatner was like sitting in the background, Justin, and like every time you were about to buy it, he'd get up and like pace around. <laughs> <laughs> if it helps Justin, one thing I sold, which I regret to this day, because it's actually depending on the the seller, higher than the Enterprise B, is that goddamn Klingon Bird of Prey from Star Trek Three. I had that Playbase one, and it's so nice, and I sold it because somebody gave me a good offer. But shit, I, I regret it. It's a nice tip. So. Yeah, I it is nice. Like I, I never had it. But I, I know my uncle has it, so I kind of like, you know, I would admire it. So it, it was kind of like having it, you know. Constructs. You build. Constructs. Power. Batteries not included. Constructs. You build. Constructs. Control. Constructs from Fisher Price. Constructs. Constructs. Derek, I will let you like expound upon this, but I will totally bro fist you. These were great toys. Yeah, I I I had a lot of fun playing with constructs. Like they were they they weren't really Lego. They weren't really I I don't I don't know how to quantify it, but they were they were definitely building toys. You know where you could create your own little play sets and vehicles and things like that but then of course you know a lot of the sets had specifically designed things for you to to build but i never really bothered to really 
build what was on the box. Like, I just kind of built my own little play sets and everything. I mean, if you look online now, there's there's a lot of really great, like, little custom constructs, like, play sets where people build, like, you know, the the start, you know, the, the next generation Enterprise or something where, you know, Picard's on the bridge and stuff like that. And, you know, they have the Death Star or something cool like that, or some cool robot, or whatever. I mean, specifically, I remember, I, I don't know if you see in the freezed still shot there, but but you see how, like, the they had the kind of pieces where it was, you know, a flat square, but then they have those kind of curved, angular pieces and everything. I would usually put two of those back-to-back -back and put maybe some helicopter blades in the front and some little, like, kind of yellow pieces on the back like they were sort of like engines and I would have like my G.I. Joes fly around in these little futuristic transports and stuff like that or you know maybe for like Star Wars figures or something and like just make my own little you know mini vehicles and transports and then you know you would also use them to build stuff you know because you could have like you know walls and shields and and all kinds of good stuff if you had enough of the pieces together so i mean m most of it's just like one of those things where i see it and i kind of brings me back to like christmases and getting things for for you know on, on the holidays and toys like that and and just you know the fact that i i know i use these with you know like series 3 and series 4 of gi joe specifically as like either play sets or vehicles and stuff like that and i i really enjoyed them how good could they be that dad didn't look very enthused to get that thing put on his lap <laughs> well they're not for dads they're for kids they were they were trying to take the place of lego because lego was huge in the 80s and we had robotics and uh capsella yeah capsella i remember that Erector sets still were going strong in the eighties, and there were like those Zoid sets where they you could Zoids, like dinosaurs yeah. and all those things. So yeah, yeah, there yeah. Were, yeah. There were yeah. a lot of competitive kind of kid building sets, I think, back then for for me and Tony. Was there a kit that looked like a space shuttle or a Y wing or something? Because I think I think my cousin had like a couple of these. They, yeah, they did have a, they did have a space series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was like space stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the only problem with construct is like unlike Lego, where you can like have like a flat brick or anything like that. They they were definitely like you know certain shapes you had to build with, which was kind of limiting. But at the same time, like I know Derek has seen some of them. Like they were like huge assets that were like much bigger than Lego, and it was like I could build a you know fucking tower out of like constructs. And they were really solid pieces. They, like, fit together well. They were all based on that little blue one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight-pronged block, you know? The, the other memories I have is some of these came with, like, tires and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah. The, the, you know, you, you could put together, like, vehicles and things. But what, what my funny flashback memory of that is was basically, like, 
I, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I, I bring it up all the time, but I, I love, like, V, like, the science fiction series, like, V, the final <laughs> battle and all that stuff. And, yeah. like, when when they're the, this group of ragtag resistance fighters, it's like, you know, they've got maybe the one laser weapon, and then they've got all these, you know, machine guns and stuff that don't do anything against the visitors. But in their initial attack on, like, a, a processing plant where they're shipping out humans for food like one of the things they do is they have some plastic explosive on a tire and so one of them like sneaks up and rolls the tire through the front gate and then it you know obviously you know explodes on the tower and knocks a bunch of guards off and it's you know this cool action sequence but ultimately you know the they they get the resistance fighters get driven back and it's supposed to show like how how futile their fight is and everything but for whatever reason that tire with the plastic explosive always stuck with me so instead of actually since i would make all these spaceships like i would never really use the tires in the sets so like basically i would always have like dial tone or somebody like with a tire strapped on his shoulder so like yeah the the idea was he was going to roll the tire into the cobra base and it was going to explode because it had like plastic explosive like stripped to the side or something like that but yeah actually i was going to bring that up is like the thing about constructors on like lego which had like maybe uh inch tall figures constructs you can play with gi joe with you can make bases for gi joe which was really cool were all the sets like white and blue because i kind of remember something similar that you there, there, there was a set called alien evasion that was like black and green purple right yeah 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 because like i remember kind of like you know something like this but it was like black and purple and they were like kind of like futuristic like spaceships or helicopters or something. Yeah, they even had little alien pilots. They had motorized mechanisms, like the video Derek just showed. That was actually before Lego did like their, you know, their innovative series or their Technic series. The ones I was familiar with were all blue and blue and gray, of course. But I think like I just found something online real quick, and I was like, oh, that must be what Justin's talking about because it's got oh, like, yeah. purple and black, you know, like that kind of thing. And so, like, there's, it, it looks like that one's, you know, I don't know, it's got some, some, you know, additional yeah. language on it. So maybe it's like one of those kind of, you know, regional things or something where, you know, they, they probably tried to sell constructs in like a bunch of different markets or something like that. With constructs, you can make better designs on yourself. Like, you can make, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it was like, oh, I like this, this construct I made myself. And with Lego, you're like, you could buy a toy, you'd be like, that actually looks pretty cool. I'm going to keep that. So I think that's might have been like something that like contributed to constructs not being as popular as like their designs kind of suck. I can make something better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I had some of the stuff that I'm posting in the chat windows where they had like certain vehicles and things, but I definitely sort of went off on my own and tried to make my own, you know my own little play sets and vehicles or bases and stuff like that. And I think that's what it was great for. Like, like you mentioned, I mean, I, I, I think I frequently used it with, with like GI Joe and, 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 you know, three and three fourths type action figure lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause they fit the scale. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I remember construction. It was, it was a really popular line for like a minute. I mean, it was really popular. I, I had them. I totally had them. And like, yeah, It's sad they didn't really kind of break that boundary. Like, they're much better than Mega Bloks. Fuck Mega Bloks. I hate those fucking toys. (laughs) Cops 
squat car and paddy wagon sold separately with caps. Tops was actually one of the first six-inch figure lines in the 90s, legitimately. And it had G.I. Joe-style articulation. It was based on cops and crooks. Cops being an acronym for uh, Central Organization of Police Specialists. They were not bad figures, actually. They were really well detailed. And just like the 90s, they actually had, you know, very expressive faces. And I bought more than a few of these. I bought Barricade. I bought Berserko. Berserko was a fucking asshole. Because it was a dick cartoon. D-I-C. And Deke, I, I... I have a love-hate relationship with them. They they put out decent cartoons, and they also put out kind of fucking horrible cartoons. But I love the line. It was like a really good line of toys. They were solid. The toys that they made were great as far as the figures. And the vehicles were in scale for a six-inch figure. And that is a fucking amazing thing to do. Because you had like this big ass helicopter. You had this riot control tank and stuff. And this this, this cartoon was not great but this commercial shows a later line of the cops they they ran for like three series it actually did have legs it wasn't like air raiders who everybody hates but for some people that are comic book fans like ourselves i mean they might be interested to know that bart sears design yeah who you know we've talked about in the past on like justice league europe he's the one who did all the character designs for cops and there was actually uh it this didn't have a lot of legs as a comic book but I mean, I I'm, I think it was like a four-issue miniseries from DC Comics yeah. that they did with cops. So, and you know, and I, I don't think I owned any of the, the action figures, to be perfectly honest, but I, I have all the the animated stuff. I, I actually, it's funny, I've got the, I know I always rag on it, but I've got like the Mill Creek DVDs because they released the entire series. And then I also actually have the the Shout Factory set. A really fun like concept, you know, it's like cops versus crooks. Those figures, like you said, Justin, with Playmates, take some high-end prices for some of the more rare ones. And they are really nicely articulated. They're like G.I. Joe's in the six-inch scale. And for that time, that was rare because McFarlane came like three years or four years later and didn't have that articulation. And the biggest selling point of cops was the cap firing thing, which I don't think was a good selling point because it's just like bang, 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 bang. And some of the guns were too big. Yeah, it was kind of dumb. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the reason like my cousin and I bought them basically was because they basically were like, you know, cap guns. I remember that, that feature being with other toy lines. And I, I, I was, you know, as a kid, I was appreciative of it. Like I remember the, the toy biz Punisher did that. The, the Kenner Robocop line did that. Like there, there were a lot of figures that had that, that, you know, cap action type thing. Like, I mean, and, and, you know, for, for, I guess, younger listeners like this was back in the days where you could get like a plastic toy gun and stick caps in it and make like bang noises with them. yeah it's it, 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 a small bubble of uh, gunpowder and it would strike it and make a bang noise yeah 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 i mean i i remember having one that i i, I thought was incredibly realistic looking you know i used it as like a stage prop in in a play i did where i was supposed to be the the butler who murdered people or whatever and it was like it it 
it looked real. It's kind of in an era where you could, you know, pop caps literally. Yeah, get away with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it's like it had that, that kind of smell of smoke, you know, once you... It did, yeah. And smoke would actually come out from their guns. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it, it was it was an interesting toy feature. I mean, I, I don't think it's anything that they'd have now, you know, but it, it, it seems like, you know, they moved away from that to, like, you know, plastic spring-loaded type stuff. The only cops figure I had, actually, was Big Boss. And I remember <laughs> I just I just used him as Kingpin, basically, until I got a real Kingpin figure. It's like, Daredevil, see? Oh, wait, you can't see, see? <laughs> I just remember, like, it was one of those things <laughs> where it's someone... Where it's like someone who didn't really know me that well, just like, like you know, my parents probably told, oh, he likes action figures, like, and they bought me an action figure of a fat guy, like, with a metal <laughs> hand, so, it's like, I was like, oh, gee, thanks, like, okay. <laughs> what do we get Mike? I don't know, get him a fat guy. Fuck you, Slimer, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, so the, that was like the main Ghostbuster toy I had was like the proton pack and the gun and the PKE meter. And man, like I got a lot of use out of that PKE meter like later in life. Like I'd put it into like every movie I ever shot, like for school projects <laughs> and like stuff like that. Like I, I don't know, like I'd find a use for it. But it looked it looked like like legit. It was like actually kind of cool, you know. Yeah, it was it was plastic and mostly hollow, but it actually like looked fine from the outside. Like it 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 would have been nice if some of the dials turned. Like I think only the big orange dial on the front turned, and yeah. like the the thing on the top would spin around. But other than that, like the other dials on the side were kind of just molded on. Yeah, and then you'd stick that like yellow noodle in the end of the proton gun, and it would you know pull the trigger. <laughs> And it would like whip around, so like I always thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> like how they're like this cardboard cutout of Stanley Marshmallow Man is toast. <laughs> I never had the ghost popper though, like the other gun. Like I don't know what the hell that was, but it, it was basically like my uh, nephew had that, and it was like a pullback and pop it out thing, like in the like you know. Early days of child safety, but uh, you had like these little like uh, Nerf like cylinders, and you would pop them out at targets. It was like that's not a Ghostbuster gun. I remember like that proton pack was like mostly like hollow too. So I remember like there were it was like there was this little hole on the bottom, so you could like like someone threw it into the like my pool at one point. So when it, like I pulled it out, it was like filled with water. So it was like. It was, like, super heavy, and, like, it would be leaking water wherever you went, like, unless you emptied it out. <laughs> this is, like, a real Half-Life nuclear energy generator. It's, like, so fucking heavy. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I still have the PKE meter, because, like I said, I used it as a prop in a lot of videos, but uh, I don't, I have no idea what happened to the pack and the gun. It probably got sold at some, like, you know, yard sale or something. I also had the trap, which was kind of cool. Like it had a like pressure sensitive like foot panel that would open the doors. Was the trap separate from the proton pack? Yeah, yeah, oh, you had okay. to buy that separate. 
Yeah. And it had like little wheels on the bottom, I think. So you could like roll it across the floor and then you just yep. hit the pressure pad and little plastic doors would open and you'd have to imagine something getting sucked in. Like with that yellow noodle thing, like my friends and I would be like, make it hard. And we'd be like, we can't. It's made of foam. You can swim in the pool with it, though. <laughs> Very poor flotation. The turtles are assaulting the Tectodrome! Insider the Foot Clan Prep and Storage Chamber! Krang's Laboratory and Shredder's Master Control Room! Huh? Turtles? Oh, they've been spotted! Now they'll have to watch out for the iSpy radar! That hit news pit! The spike back door! Turtle soup time! Oh no! An ooze scanner! A brain scrambler! And mutant manacles! Can Leonardo rescue them? Sure, home so! Once again, all the others fuck up and Leonardo has to save them. That's what I was about to say. At least this commercial knows what's up. Because this is, again, a time when playsets were fucking awesome. Justin, I'm assuming since you chose this that you, you owned the Technodrome at one point? Nope, I did not. I never did. Oh, okay. But you <laughs> but you wanted to, I guess? Is that why you picked yeah. it? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I was a huge Ghostbusters fan and owned a lot of Ghostbusters stuff as a kid. And then I got into Ninja Turtles. And I had, you know, most of the turtle stuff that was out at a certain point, except the two things I did not have. I didn't have the turtle sewer layer playset. I did not have the technodrome. But my, my, my friend who had the Dino Riders T-Rex and whatever let me play with it, of course, he also had the technodrome. <laughs> but... But he go would... punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but he would let me play with this technodrome, and it was awesome. I mean, we we were both like huge Ninja Turtle fans, and I would bring over the the characters that I had that he didn't, and we would have like these like huge, awesome like Ninja Turtle wars in his living room, and he had like this huge living room, and like on one side. It would be like all his toys, and on the, on, you know, on the other side it would be you know mine, and then you know here comes the Technodrome in the middle of all of it, and you know like you know my turtles, and you know, I, you know he's like foot soldiers or whatever, or like assaulting it, and you know someone's like shooting pizzas with like you know the pizza thrower, and here comes a turtle blimp, and you know like the cheapskate, and like all these toys were just having this huge like Ninja Turtle war, and it was like that like that was a lot of fun. Like I have a lot of like you know e even though you know. He was a jerk and wouldn't let me play with his, like, Dino Riders T-Rex. Like, we had some really awesome Ninja Turtle Wars. And, uh, you know, like I said, the Technodrome was something I always wanted, never never owned. And, you know, kind of kind of like my story where my other friend wanted to buy Dino Riders as an adult. Like, I've looked for the Technodrome on eBay and at conventions. And, you know, it, it's also super expensive. And usually if you find one, it's missing the eyeball, which is, like, the important thing to have Therapies, when you have yeah. it. I did have a period where I was heavily, heavily into Turtles, including the, the Playmates toy line, but mostly I focused on the action figures, so I, I never had the Technodrome. I have good memories of, like, because it's, it's funny, I remember when I started out, I think the first Turtle I ever got was Michelangelo, and I don't remember exactly what store I got him from, but what I sort of remember after that was, you know, my dad noticed when I got into them and he was kind of like, oh, I know where we can, because it was like, they were really popular, it felt like, like, where it was like, almost like, even though, you know. Oh, the early 90s even, were like turtle mania, yeah. Yeah, and like, even even today, like, I, I know they, they definitely 
make enough supply to meet demand, you know, but I felt like when, when they first hit, I don't think all the, the toy companies were ready for it. So it was like you found what you could find. But I, I remember this cool thing where my dad was like, yeah, I know where we can go. And like, uh, I remember we went across the bridge and we went to, I think it was like, I think at the time it was like a, maybe it was like a Walgreens or something. I, I, I don't remember exactly what store it was. It was like, a gold mine like nobody knew it was there and i was like holy <laughs> crap like they're all here and it was like i i and this was at the point where like i was a quote-unquote you know collector or whatever so it was like i got another michelangelo to keep in the package and then it was like i bought two of almost everything i could except for casey jones who they only had one Casey Jones. And so I never actually had a Casey Jones that I opened up because I never found another second Casey Jones to open. But, but like, wh whatever those first couple lines, you know, like with the Turtles and Shredder and Ace Duck and Mondo Gecko and all those guys, <laughs> I, 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 you know, Krang and the Bebop, Rocksteady, like all those guys, like I was, I was heavy into those and, and, and had every single one of them. So I, that, that definitely brings back a lot of fond memories and stuff. I think one of the things about the Technodrome is like that big ass eye, like it makes the, the centerpiece and it's a really good play set. But unlike Castle Grayskull or like Snake Mountain, because I mean, really, who would have loved the the really crystalline like version of Snake Mountain? Could have you could have uh, you know Skeletor karaoke night with that Snake Mountain place. <laughs> True, Come on. it has a microphone, you know. <laughs> but but still, at the same time, the uh, the Tenderdrome, it looks like the fucking Tenderdrome. Has that eye, like Justin said, it's big. It's like a expansive playset. And I miss those big, expensive playsets, like, you know, as I get older, because I, I know money is a factor, but, you know, as we get into the six-inch lines, you know, it's like, God, it's like, I miss those, like, nice, really, like, detailed, like, playsets. But if I had that, I would been like, oh, God, this is my turtle fantasy. You make it sound all dirty when you say it like that. Like, I'm thinking of that. Prince song from the, the Batman soundtrack where you're like you will be my turtle fantasy scandalous talking about technodromes and Tony <laughs> and for 1976 the Fantastic Four the torch faster than the speed of light the thing Ben Grimm man of granite Fantastic and the Invisible Girl both have the powers of invisibility. Derek, do you know that like Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm had the power of invisibility? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh. yes. The, the, this is the the famous Amigo superhero commercial that not I only didn't know the I didn't know the Falcon was black. <laughs> that great black superhero. And Spider Man, that weird wall crawler. Like, really? You gotta call the guy weird? What the fuck is up with him? I hate him. I like how they start off with like all the major superheroes. You got like Batman and Superman and everything. And then they're like, we're gonna go to the Super Gals. The Super Gals, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batgirl, and Catwoman. The Green Arrow. And Green Arrow. <laughs> like, what? 
He shoots stuff, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> that, that great superhero from the forest. But yeah, no, the the I mean, this is this is a classic vintage seventies Mego commercial. I mean, partly I picked it because I know it's it's kind of amusing, but also because I know we love Marvel and DC comics and stuff. And and specifically for me, like I I did own the Incredible Hulk Mego, which I frequently used with my Secret Wars figures, since there were there was no Secret Wars Incredible Hulk figure. And I and as far that, as the commercial, he's the best superhero ever. So <laughs> well, I, I figured with the scale discrepancy it worked for me it always had you know because i could have like spider-man right on his back kind of like he did in the original secret wars maxi series and then of course my my other typical story about migos is when i was really young i had the the thing figure and that partly led to my misconception because i i really did think he could transform back and forth between the thing and Ben Grimm when I was little. And I think that was because, you know, the thing had clothes and I took those clothes off and was like, Oh, he's Ben Grimm now. And then when you put the, the Rocky clothes on, then he was the thing. So that was, that was my little kid misconception about that. But uh, Derek, yeah. Derek, you have to understand. We grew up in a time where we didn't have awesome action figures. So we had to have imaginations. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I think there's still a a a large fan base for these kind of toys. You know, there's definitely a market for these vintage figures, and and I still see there's you know people that make you know custom play sets and really cool stuff like you know Legion of Doom headquarters for their Migos and yeah, yeah, and Migos are great. I mean, they're they're a really good line. They really yeah. are. And and now they've got all those like retro Migos out like you know, that are basically like reissues of these originals, but I guess, you know, for people that either never had them or, or maybe you're trying to recapture something without breaking the bank. We can, you know, make fun of it because that is a stupid commercial. It really is a stupid commercial, but <laughs> it's it's like they were the founders of like kind of a lot of a lot of the stuff we enjoy now. Well and, and it's also kind of unique in it in itself, you know, the line because you know, that was back when somehow DC and Marvel licensed their properties to the same toy company. It should have been like Iron Man, the alcoholic superhero. <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Man was kind of shitty because he, he had so much of a face. <laughs> and and Conan and Thor had so much girly hair. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. Like you like you talk about it. It's like you've got something where, you know, Superman, Spider-Man. Captain Kirk and like the Planet of the Apes are like all in the same scale with one another. I mean, that's kind of I mean, it, you know, these days it's it's almost kind of unprecedented, you know, like I mean, at least for the same company to be involved with all of those. I mean, you can you can try and collect certain figures in the same scale, but you know, eventually you get to the point where, you know, NECA figures aren't in scale with figure arts or figure arts aren't exactly in scale with Marvel Legends and yada yada yada, you know, and, and even if you try to mix and match, you know, and stuff like that, and here's something where it's like all those guys are in the same scale and they all sort of go together. As, as you know, most of my appreciation from Amigo comes from, like, Twisted Amigo Theater, so... Yeah, me too. It's the evil Foot Clan's mutant module! Shredder and his henchmen have used it to drill into the underground gold vault! We're here! Can they just drive in and take whatever they want? Why not? 
I did have that helicopter. Yeah, me too. Nice. Um, actually, I picked this for one reason. There was a lot of outcry from the uh, Turtles fans because they didn't have the mutant module, the uh, drilling toy, for a couple of seasons in the Turtles line. And this was where they were like, hey, we have the drilling machine. And everybody was so happy to have that. They're just like, oh, we have the drilling machine. That's so cool. I think this was like a kind of a fan service thing. I do kind of make you remember, yeah, like first, like making this distinction that I like kind of first saw it on the show and then later it came as a toy. Like some of that stuff, like I, I saw first as like a toy and then saw it on the show. Yeah, I remember thinking like, where? I remember thinking like, where is this? Like, why, why, why do you have like weird toys of like you know, ATVs like with a toilet on the back, and you don't have the <laughs> the drill thing? And I remember, like, I never had the drill module, but my my buddy who had the Technodrome and all the other stuff, he had it, so I would I would get to play with his a lot. But yeah, it it really was a cool toy, and it was you know. Fairly, as I remember, it was fairly show accurate, so it was pretty cool to have. The new He-Man power sword. Cool! It makes sound! That's all! <laughs> the power sword makes eight action sounds. Okay, I'm fucking scared of Skeletor right now. Skeletor was pretty <laughs> yeah. cool in that commercial. I, I yeah, remember... he wasn't like... <laughs> yeah, I, I remember this commercial. This was pretty cool for the, the He-Man power sword. Yeah, he'll come into your room at night and try to murder your murder you with like his laser eyes. <laughs> that's as that's that's as good a reason as any to purchase the Mattel He-Man power sword with laser lights and and action sounds up to eight sounds, right? And like poor Mulkey is just like ting 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 ting. Is like Skeletor's like I will kill you. <laughs> He's doing freaking Matrix backflips and shit over the kid's bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my Skeletor, 2016, you know? I, I remember, like, trying to replicate some of the, like, action in this commercial. Like, you know, jumping around, pretending I was fighting Skeletor, and, like, flopping off my bed and dropping the sword and whatnot. You know what I thought was interesting, and I was going to ask you, is did you did you try to mail away for the, the, the He-Man adventure that it solicits you do at the end of the commercial? No, I never had that. I mean, I assume it's just a VHS tape of, like, the the new adventures of He-Man, maybe, like, the pilot or something, but... Yeah, well, technically, like, I didn't, you know, get this. Like, I kind of, I guess you could say, like, I borrowed it from my cousin and never returned it. So did Skeletor murder your cousin, but you were kept safe? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> just wishes he murdered his cousin. <laughs> no, like, you... You may remember, like, on an old, like, ancient episode of Fan Holes, I talked about, like, you know, like, when I was little, I remember, like, my cousin and I, we would, like, assemble our He-Man toys, wait for the cartoon to come on, and then we would, like, you know, we would, like, imitate what was going on on the cartoon. But, like, I mentioned my memories of actually, like, watching Master of the Universe are kind of, like, fuzzy and hazy like they're not very clear but like when it comes to like new adventures like i, I have like pretty strong memories of that because it was like what 80 89 or 90 when that came out and like my cousin got this power sword for his birthday and where he was like several years older than me like by you know 1990 like he was he was like more interested in like rap music which i to this day like i don't get the appeal of that but whatever so he like he got this I remember he got like a boombox 
some CDs and this human power sword. And he was like, he played with the power sword for like, you know, five seconds and then he never picked it up again. So that's why I say like, you know, I, 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 I acquired it and never gave it back, but it was a really cool sword to have. And I remember like being at school and most of my friends were not exactly enthused about new adventures, but like, I guess taking a page from Derek's book where space equals cool. Like, I just thought it was cool that like he man was, you know, not only in the future, but he was like in space and, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I've also talked about like how I was like so disappointed with those new adventures action figures because like I wanted them done in like the you know the original Masters of the Universe style, but they were like really crappy, tiny, like GI Joe looking things. But like you know, regardless, like that power sword was awesome, and I remember like playing with that a lot. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever bought any of the new adventures of He Man merchandise, but I do remember. I did being, not. I, I I do remember being fascinated with the pilot. Like I remember taping it, like because I think they aired like the first three episodes as like some kind of you know movie length afternoon special or something. And I remember having that taped on a tape somewhere where I started recording like somewhere, some somewhere in the middle of it, you know. And I I just kept you know I I, I would watch that occasionally and just kind of go wait what so. Attorney is a spaceship now, and what? Skeletor is a used car salesman, and what? Like, what's going on here? Like, he made you know? new adventures was really weird. It just like kind of took everything and threw it on its side. It's like we had we it, it basically it said, "Fuck fantasy, we're gonna go sci-fi," which is really hard to do when you have a fantasy element like. He Man by the power of the good and the way of the magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I I do have a lot of affection for that era. I guess it's like to me, it's like the bomber jacket era of He Man. Like last month, I I did pick up like pretty cheap too. Like I picked up the the like you know Maddie collector version of the New Adventures Skeletor. He's like he's really awesome. Like you know he's he does not look goofy at all like he does in the cartoon you know, like in the cartoon skeletor looks really goofy and he has eyeballs which is weird but like the this like new version or like you know this reimagining of that version is like really kind of spooky and scary to be honest yeah and i i know that that maddie collector version of the the new adventure he-man like he actually can tilt his hand so he can like hold the sword like upright and everything like that's pretty cool yeah I don't know. I'm 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 not giving you shit for enjoying the like you know the vicious He Man, because it's not a bad idea. It was just poorly executed. It's better than Air Raiders. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's totally better than Air Raiders. So. <laughs> Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the battle of the superpowers collection. And they've got power action like Superman. Batman's punch is ineffective, and a power action kick to boot? Dagger danger for Hawkman? Is there no hope for our heroes? Superman! Can Superman defeat this deadly duo? You decide. Who can restore order? Superman! Can 
Superman save the Hall of Justice? You decide. There's no match for Superman. Who will save them now? Superman! How will Superman save his fallen friends? You decide. How will Superman foil Darkseid's dirty deed? You decide. Wait, Superman with new recruits? Orion, Mr. Miracle, Samurai, Golden Pharaoh. Already they go into battle. An ambush, terrible tear attacks. Orion turns ugly. Samurai turns the tables. Mr. Freeze stopping our heroes cold. Where's Superman? Right here. So that was that was my pick. It was pretty lengthy, so thanks for bearing with all of that. But it was basically a collection of pretty much every single Kenner's superpowers toy commercial that there was and, and a couple little extras thrown in. And obviously, like, seeing as how I went back and actually purchased most of this again, even after my great purge, I mean, the Kenner superpowers line holds a great deal of nostalgia for me and everything. But but some of these commercials, like, I, I feel like saying, like, dude, this is probably where, you know, not not that, that it was, not that I'm misled at all, but, but this is where I probably got my whole notion, like, fuck yeah, Superman's gonna fucking save the day. Because you notice Batman's not there doing anything. He's getting, like, captured and doing goofy shit so it's like usually at the end of all the commercials it's like who can save us superman and it's like duh like of course but anyway i and then and then the other thing about this collection that i thought was cool was i had never seen the ones before we started digging for commercials i had never seen the one with orion and samurai and golden pharaoh and mr miracle so, like, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I would say Superpowers is probably that rare line that actually broke boundaries because, like you said, we have people who weren't known heroes, like Firestorm, you know, you know, Golden Pharaoh and stuff like that. As a comic book fan, it was probably the best fan service we had in the 80s. You kind of like those, like, really random characters. You want to, like, you know see your favorite guy, even if he's not that popular, portrayed in plastic. So uh, I give, like, Superpowers a really big thumbs up. They pretty much established Lex Luthor in his green and light green armor as the preeminent Lex Luthor. We always think of him in his, like, armor. And that was from, you know, Superpowers. I mean true i mean like yeah. we always want him in the armor yeah. no no no. i mean i i used to make ridiculous complicated fanfics all about how business suit lex luther was gonna get back into his his war suits you know like and then of course like be careful what you wish for because then you know superman batman comes along and <laughs> you know jeff Loeb gives it to me the the line itself i mean you know you could talk about it i i could talk about it forever but i mean the the early commercials you know like Tony was saying, they've got the big guns, but as you get deeper into the, the second and third waves, you know, you definitely get, you know, obscure characters like, you know, Red Tornado and, and you know, you've got Orion from the New Gods. I mean, you know, I, I you know, there, it's funny because I, I can think of, and I know I've talked about it in the past, but, you know, I can think of like the early figures I got, like Aquaman and Green Lantern and Joker and how Joker would brainwash you know aquaman by sticking the the hammer on his head <laughs> making him fight with green lantern and that's that's what what we did and how my my indiana jones 
lunch pail was the hall of justice and all kinds of goofy shit like that you know and and as i i got further into it you know you had the batmobile and batman and robin and superman and you know brainiac and luthor and all these guys but you know some of the the later figures and everything and some of these other commercials i mean you know beyond the fact that like you know superman is obviously like there to save the day and everything i mean there, there was some clever stuff like i remember wanting to replicate the commercial where green lantern was trapped in the the upside down glass you know like that was like the the, the how he was captured and everything or like you know the the, the i was the like green... it looks like it looks like Batman's vaunted detective skills can't overturn that plan. <laughs> <laughs> or like like how how Doctor Fate like saves Superman from the green rock that's like kryptonite, and it's like I I remember specifically looking for rocks like you know just uh, around you know town or in the neighborhood, and you know how like certain places have like you know houses you know where they've got like the the rocks in their garden and this and that and the other thing and if i saw anything that was red i was like oh well this will be my red kryptonite rock or whatever that'll make superman have a big head or you know turn into a fucking jackass or whatever the fuck red kryptonite does right i mean besides challenge of the super friends that had all the legion of doom i mean this is another show that you know, actually used, you know, quote unquote, real supervillains, you know, because you had Darkseid and you had Jack Kirby doing designs for the toys and stuff like that. So even though it's not, you know, traditional Kirby, Steppenwolf and Calibac and Parademons and Mantis, I mean, he was still there doing the designs for the, I guess, quote unquote, toyetic versions of them that were in this line, you know, and, you know, I, I have pretty fond memories of, of, getting not only for myself but going to like friends birthday parties and you know getting them superpowers figures and I, I remember my dad you know being the one who was buying all that stuff at the time so it was like oh well you know we're, we're gonna get you know you know I forget who got who what but it was like I, I remember I think it was like I got Batman and and he got Superman figure or something like that and you know, and, and then it was like, okay, well, you know, he was like, you know, which, which one do you want? And I said, oh, well, I, you know, I want Superman and Batman. And then, <laughs> and then, and then it was like, then, then he was like, okay. And then he grabbed the dark side figure for both the, the friend whose birthday party and, and me. I, I actually still have my dark side figure. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I just remember that being like a specific memory and, and probably why dark side means more to me than than other other characters too you know like the, those kind of instances and I, and i've heard other people on other podcasts talk about how you know and, and this might be true for me of secret wars as well but you know some sometimes this these toy lines are your first introduction to a character you know like captain marvel yeah, i don't think i had ever heard of before i saw him in the toy line, i, I had know? no idea who Darkseid was until i bought the figure yeah, yeah. i remember the dark side destroyer I bought it for ten dollars because it was on sale. Great fucking toy. I, I want to put Calback and the Sod on that, and I didn't have the Sod or Calback. I had Dark Side, but it was still cool because he he had the throne, and it was just like the commercial sold me on it. And like, I think the commercials back then made you want to buy things. I have like the you know story I've told you guys where my my co- little cousin who was like three or four years old at the time had 
the Batman and Robin like superpowers toys and he would not let anyone like play with them and he'd just be like, I want Batman and Robin. I got Batman and Robin. And I'm like, Yeah, you know, you little shit. Like, let me play with them. Like, no. <laughs> and then finally, like his mom, like my cousin, she like well, at the end of the day, she was like, Here, if you wanted to play with one of these, and it was like fucking penguin or something. And I was like, I don't care about penguin. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm kind of sad that like, you know, with all the DVD releases of the cartoons and everything, you know, like, in, in certain cases, back when they, they did, like, the, the He-Man releases with BCI and everything, it seemed like, you know, guys like Andy Mangles and people like that would put together, like, really cool bonus material for all these kind of, you know, nostalgic cartoons and everything, and I think it's kind of a shame that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining, like, I'm glad that Warner Brothers released all the super friends stuff on DVD because they could have very well not released it on DVD. But for some of this stuff, for something like superpowers, I mean, it would have been nice if they could have a bunch of bonuses and have like really nice, you know, I, I think these commercials are worth including on a DVD set, you know, and, and getting, you know, nice quality copies of them out there for people to see. Cause that's, that's something that I kind of miss. I mean, I know sometimes with some of them, there's that weird, you know, rights issue where they have to blur out the little kids' faces and everything. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck it then. Blur out the little shit's face, but let's let's see the the commercials and stuff with the the tennis balls rolling after the Batmobile, or you know, <laughs> see like you know the the little green kryptonite rock, you know, that Doctor Fate's saving Superman from, or you know the the you know basically you know Lexor Seven and the 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 supermobile flying through that mountain of, of plastic cups and everything. Like all that stuff I think is kind of cool. Robin from this line was like probably one of my first superhero toys. And like for the longest time I only had Robin and Mr. Freeze and it was, you know, quite a while until I had like any other like superhero characters, much less DC. And then, you know, for, for Christmas I got the, the Michael Keaton Batman and the Batwing, and so like I, I could finally have like Batman and Robin team up against Mister Freeze. But yeah, I, from this line, like I only had these those two figures. But like when I suggested this idea, like a, a commercial episode, like I knew you were gonna pick superpowers, and you did not disappoint. Can Superman defeat this deadly duo? You decide. We're wrapping up the toy commercials for tonight, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. If you have any comments, questions, and/or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com and our backlog of episodes is of course on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com so we of course appreciate any likes and or feedback that you are happy to give us on the social medias and until the next time this is going to be Derek, Derek WC watching toy commercials for the rest of his life signing off what's this? is Mike signing off? Also, I'm trapped under a glass. This is Justin. Some assembly required. Tony. Bye. Once upon a once in a while It's hard to remember to smile Just like all of your toys Can't you see I don't want to play? I don't need it Can't you say you want me to stay? I'll be leaving Just like all of your toys
Hello, hello. Adios, adios, adios. Nice. I'm classy. 